0: Acts 8 is one of the most amazing stories in the New Testament, in my humble opinion. These chapters in Acts are really at the hinge point of the book. This is where Jesus' work spreads out from Jerusalem. And it works in the lives of men, women, boys and girls. In Acts chapter 8... The enemies of the Jews are saved. How did they get saved? Well, if you see in Acts chapter 8, Saul, who condoned the execution of Stephen, had begun to persecute the church, and Christians were fleeing from Jerusalem. And where do they go? They go into Judea and Samaria. They spread into enemy territory. These enemies of the Jews were known as the Samaritans. And they simply didn't get along with the Jews. But despite this cultural problem, God loved them. And you can see that God loved them in Acts, eight, uh, in Acts 1, verse 8, because God has now begun to work into this area. And this is what it says. But you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. God is fulfilling the dream of global expansion into the lives of men and women and boys and girls. People are hearing about Jesus and how he died on the cross for their sins. But Jesus didn't stay dead, but is alive again. He conquered sin and death. And people are hearing about this man. They're hearing about the God-man Jesus and believing it, and their, their lives are rapidly changing. God turns people's worlds upside down, inside out. And God is changing people from people who love themselves to people who love him. People are being baptized and worshiping the man Jesus, who is God. It's unbelievable. The church is growing and expanding. But before we get to our text, I want you to meet a man named Simon. He's a magician and He becomes a Christian. He goes from one end of the spectrum to the other. He's baptised. And then he hangs around with one of the main characters in chapter eight, Philip. Philip is one of the leaders of the church, but not an apostle. Who are mainly disciples. Philip was pushed out of Jerusalem by Saul. And the apostles hear about the Samaritans coming, becoming Christians. They decide to visit them and seal their faith with the Holy Spirit. But Simon, being a glory hunter, like we heard this morning, asks if he could have this power to place the Spirit on people. And what does Peter do in this? Well, Peter rebukes him and tells him that he can't exchange this gift for money, It isn't some kind of magician's secret to be revealed. No, God gives the Spirit. So, Simon, who seemed great, amazing, an amazing magician, reveals that his heart is not set on Jesus. He loves wealth, fame, and fortune more than Jesus. This man claimed to follow Jesus. He was even baptized. And yet his heart wanted other things. And now we reach chapter 8, verse 26, verse 40. What I want us to see is that firstly, an outsider becomes an insider. Secondly, what is inside is shown outside. Thirdly, and finally, insiders. Go and find outsiders. Now, I'm going to repeat that because there's a lot of inside and outsides going on. But if you're writing notes, listen again and write these down. Firstly, an outsider becomes an insider. Secondly, what is inside is shown outside. And thirdly and finally, insiders Go out and find outsiders. Okay, I got warned not to use those three points, but I couldn't find anything better. So bear with me. In one sentence, if you didn't catch the three points, in one sentence, I want you to know this. God shows his love by welcoming anyone into his family who have faith in Jesus. And he wants more people to join this family. That's all I want you to know this evening. I really hope you've got those three points. Okay. What is the best car journey you have be- ever been on? Just have a moment to think. And sorry for the, another sporting analogy, but it generally is the best car journey I've ever been on. I remember when I was 18 and Euro 2016 was in full flow my friend, an avid uh, Wales fan, rang me up and said, hey, actually, he was more excited than that. He went, hey, do you want to go to Paris? I said, what? He said, Paris, Wales are playing Northern Ireland and dad wants to go. He said to ask you to come. So the very next morning, I packed a bag and we drove to Paris. I've never been so comfortable and so excited in all of my life. Firstly, we were in a BMW. I've never seen the inside of a BMW before. It was a great time. But also we were going out to watch my heroes play. Gareth Bale, who's just retired. Aaron Ramsey, Joe Ledley, all these amazing footballers. We were going out to watch them play, our heroes. Now, this car journey was amazing because at the end of it, lay the potential of glory for Wales, my country, reaching the quarterfinals of Euro 2016. They won that, by the way, as well. The quarterfinals. Semi-finals, not so great. But what we see in verse 26 down to verse 40 is the best journey in the Bible. Well, one of the best journeys. I can't, I can't claim it's the best journey, but one of the best journeys in the Bible. There's an amazing journey happening where Philip and the Ethiopian go together and they find water. But the eunuch finds something amazing on this journey. So let's go on this journey together. Let's see how an, insi- how an outsider becomes an insider. So if you look at verse 26, you'll see Philip is guided into the path of this man. He's guided to an Ethiopian eunuch. Now, a eunuch just means he's unable to procreate, whether that is by choice or not. He is quite an important person, a very important person, in fact. And he's from Ethiopia, which is just the region. It's not the country. It's just the region. Now, Jewish culture meant that this eunuch was not able to become a full Jew. He was not able to worship with the rest of the Jews or in the same way as them. He was an outsider. But this eunuch we see has been to Jerusalem because he feared God. He wanted to worship God. But this man, he's not fully welcomed into the community. He's a eunuch. He's a foreigner. He's not welcome. He was an outsider. He didn't belong there. He probably wasn't from Israel. He didn't have the right family. He was potentially a God-fearing Gentile. But this is debated. If he wasn't able to become fully Jewish because of who he is, he wasn't able to become a Jew because he was a eunuch. He was always on the margins, always on the fringes. He didn't belong in the holy city, but he was there because he feared God. He was always an outsider looking in. He was an outsider for who he was. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you have come to church today Maybe this is your first time. Maybe you've been here numerous times. Maybe you're always here. But you've always felt like an outsider looking in. You feel like you don't belong. You just don't quite fit in. You're nearly there. You believe that Christianity has some value, but there's the things you just don't get. You feel on the margins, on, on the fringes. If this is you today, let me just say welcome, first and foremost. Welcome today. And let me say that God loves to make outsiders insiders. So, how does He make an outsider an insider? Well, God sends Philip, who was probably one of the first hitchhikers in the New Testament. Philip, in verse 29, is told to go on a walk and he'll see a chariot. He's led to the chariot and he stays near it. It's interesting because Philip just runs to the destination. He can't wait to tell someone about Jesus. he just runs, And while he gets there, he hears a eunuch reading Isaiah. The eunuch has just been worshipping Jerusalem. And he continues to read God's word. Now, there is probably some application for us there, isn't there? He's continuing to read God's word. The Ethiopian is reading Isaiah. Why? We don't know. Maybe it's the text that he heard when he was there. Maybe he's felt like an outsider for the whole time he spent in Jerusalem. And maybe he's trying to get to Isaiah 56 because he loves the promises found there in Isaiah 56, verse four. And it's an amazing little section. It says, to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose to please me and hold fast my covenant, to them I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will endure forever. It's not amazing? God loves to make outsiders insiders. But we aren't told that. We are told is that Philip runs the chariot and asks the unit this question. Do you understand what you are reading? Now, that might sound a bit abrupt, but it's not a nasty question. It's not Philip being mean. He's not criticizing this person's reading capabilities. It's a kind question. Philip is interested in this person. And God has directed Philip to him for a reason. The eunuch responds saying, no, I, I don't understand. I need guidance. I need an explanation. So hitchhiker Philip jumps into the chariot and begins to explain the scripture to him. And you'll see in verse 32, verse 32 and verse 33, that he's reading from Isaiah chapter 53, which is what we read at the start of this evening. This is the key to understanding how God makes an outsider an insider. It reads, "'He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as the lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice.'" who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth. And the eunuch asks a great question. Who is he talking about? Is he talking about himself or someone else? And Philip explains that these verses are pointing to Jesus. You want to know how to become an insider this evening? The answer is found in Jesus. And specifically, Philip would have talked about Jesus' death, the death, a humiliating death on the cross, the sacrifices for sin, not just for the Jew, but for the world, not just for the insider, but the outsider. And Philip opens up the scripture and who Isaiah is talking about, and he tells him what? He tells him all about Jesus. He probably says, you know that lamb that he's referring to? That's Jesus. That is the propitiation for our sins. He is our atoning sacrifice. That just means he's the one that's going to die for our sins and make us right with God. He said... Probably he died. He didn't fight back when they were beating him up. No, he willingly went to the cross. He willingly died for people like me and for people like you. He died for outsiders. Jesus didn't receive justice because he deserved to die. He didn't deserve to die, but we do. And Jesus pays that price for our sin. And you look at the rest of the chapter in Isaiah, and it is God's will to crush Jesus instead of us. So that the multitudes are set free from sin and death. Philip probably went on to tell him that he bore the sins of many. He probably went on to say that he isn't dead anymore, but rose again three days later. And now he sits in the heavens praying for us. Jesus is ruling now. And he probably said, Jesus loves you now and he has always loved you. He was so moved by love that he willingly he willingly set himself to die for you. Instead of you, took the punishment on himself for you. He was the sacrifice for sin. And his blood washes us clean. So how does an outsider become an insider? It's through the blood of Jesus. This is the good news that Philip had been preaching in Samaria. And he's now preaching it to the eunuch. He preaches it to the outsider. Why? Because through his death, Jesus, the son of God, says, if you have faith in me and believe that I died for you and rose again, he says, come insi- uh, come outsider and I will make you an insider. Come outsider and I will bring you into my family. Jesus' death meant you didn't have to be a Jew anymore to be welcomed into the family of God. You don't have to do the right things, say the right things to be welcomed into the family of God. No, you don't have to do that. There isn't a criteria that you can meet. But Isaiah says that Jesus has met the criteria. He was led like a lamb to the, to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shear is silent, he did not open his mouth, but he takes justice on himself, the justice and the penalty for your sin. And my sin, our sin. So come outsider. If you are an outsider, repent of your sins and place them on Jesus, the silent lamb, and he will make you an insider. Not just today, not just tomorrow, but for eternity. And if this is you, if you are an insider now, There's something that point two makes clear to us. And this passage makes clear to us. What is on the inside is shown on the outside. Okay, so point number two, what is on the inside is shown on the outside. The story moves on. Philip and the Ethiopian are heading on the chariot towards Gaza. They're chatting away they have probably have had a bit of light conversation and probably some deep conversation. And they get to a pit stop. And at this point, what is on the inside is shown on the outside. The eunuch sees water and says, baptize me. What's stopping you? What's stopping you from baptizing me? And maybe you are someone who has become a Christian and you're thinking about baptism, what's stopping you? Maybe that's what you are asking, want to ask one of the elders this evening. So what is baptism? Well, in simple terms, baptism is acknowledging before God and people that you are a Christian. Now, it does not make you a Christian, and it does not make you right with God. But what happens is someone says they are a Christian and they get baptized to show that they have been changed from being wrong with God to right with God. A person who gets baptized is, is, is placed under water and brought back up out of the water. In putting someone underneath the water, it shows us what? It shows us that you are now dead to your old way of life, dead to sin. We've repented from the bad stuff that we've done and the bad stuff that we will do. And you're saying, I don't want to live like this anymore. We're buried just like Jesus was buried. But then we are lifted up. Out of the grave, we have new life, just like Jesus did. He was buried and rose again. That's the symbolism of baptism. It's showing what's happened in your heart, in your soul, in your life. It's showing how Jesus has changed you from being dead to a life. You are buried with your sin and washed from it through the blood of Jesus Christ. But you rise again to new life with Jesus. And what is shown on the inside is shown on the outside. Now think about that question. Think about that question. What can stand in the way of me being baptised? Now, this is really interesting. Now, think about Simon. Do you remember Simon? He said that he was a Christian. He was baptised, and it seems that he probably wasn't a Christian. Verses 9 to 25 sort sort of indicate that. The eunuch asked Philip, who probably baptised Simon, What is stopping you from me being baptised? And Philip could say, well, one of the last people I baptised, he said he was a Christian, but it turns out he probably wasn't one. He could say, I'm not really sure you're an insider yet. How can I be sure? How can I know for certain that you've been saved? How can I know you had died to your old way of life and have new life? And it's interesting because Philip doesn't say that. Now, in the New King James Version, it says that Philip asks him a question. If you believe with all of your heart, you may. If you believe with all of your heart, you may. And the eunuch answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Do you believe with all your heart that Jesus died for you? Do you believe in a God who makes outsiders insiders? Has he done that for you? God changed this eunuch. He washed his heart clean. And in verse 38, Philip takes the eunuch to the river and baptizes him. There weren't any baptismal classes. He doesn't do a course to make sure he's a new person now. The eunuch has been changed. And so he wants to be baptized. And the eunuch has been changed so much that he wants people to know that he's been changed. He wants his companions and he wants Philip to know that he's a new man now. He's a Christian. He loves Jesus. He wants people to know that God saves sinners. Is this you today? If it is, then I ask you to please come and speak to one of the elders. If you don't know who they are, come and speak to me and I'll point them to you. They'll chat through baptism with you. They'll explain what the Christian faith looks like. But there is a warning here, isn't there? Simon was baptised, but he lied about his faith. This leads to destruction. But the difference between the eunuch and Simon was that the eunuch was changed. He really changed. He showed it on the outside. But Simon said he was changed. But when he offers money in verse 18, he reveals his heart was never on Christ. It was on power, fame and fortune. Now, thirdly and finally, I know I've gone on, so I really apologize. But this is my shortest point. Insiders go out and find outsiders. So we've been on an epic car journey or chariot journey. Philip has met an Ethiopian eunuch who has gone from an outsider to an insider. He's been baptized, showing the change on the inside is now displayed outside. And suddenly Philip vanishes. It's quite a shocking moment. Philip just vanishes. The eunuch is still in the water and Philip's gone. He doesn't go to Christianity Explained. He doesn't go to Christianity Explored. It seems that the eunuch is left to his own devices. It's a really bizarre moment. And Philip doesn't get to see this man again. He doesn't get to spend time nurturing the faith the eunuch has. He doesn't get the chance to even pray over him before sending him on his way. No, he just vanishes. Imagine being the eunuch. What would you feel like? Would you be in a panic? Would you think, was that all a dream? You might ask the question, what do I do now? Well, actually, it's amazing, really. The unit doesn't do any of those things. The eunuch doesn't ask those questions. He doesn't fear. But what does he do? It says he went on his way <laughs> rejoicing. Why? Well, he's happy. He's been saved and he's been baptized. He's told everyone who he is now. Can you imagine being one of his travel companions? Can you imagine that? I bet the eunuch was the most annoying person for the rest of that journey. I bet he didn't stay silent. And the really awkward thing is that he's really powerful. So they'd have to listen to him speak about Jesus. I wonder what the eunuch would talk to the driver about. I wonder what he was telling people on the way home when he arrived back and the queen asked the question, how was your trip to Jerusalem? I wonder whether she saw the joy in his face. I wonder whether he stood in her presence and said, well, the journey there was okay. a bit rough, not the best, but it was okay. We got there but the journey back, you won't believe it. When I left Jerusalem, I felt like an outsider. But I met this man. His name was Philip. He told me about a greater man, Jesus. And I was reading Isaiah and he just explained it to me in a way that I couldn't, like I couldn't fathom how it just all made sense. Philip explained about Jesus and how he was the promised saviour. He was the person who can make outsiders insiders. Now, you'll never guess what. Jesus Christ has made me an an insider. I've been baptised. I'm a Christian. I love Jesus and he loves me. I really hope he said something like that. But we just don't know. But I assume with fairly great certainty... He probably did. It says he went away rejoicing. But we do know what happened to Philip. What does he do? He went on preaching the gospel. He went on going after outsiders, telling them that Jesus has made a way for them to become insiders. After Azotus, which is where he reappears, he preaches all the way up until he reaches more outsider territory. He reaches Gentile Caesarea. And it looks like he's settled there, telling outsiders to become insiders by the blood of the lamb, Jesus. Are you an outsider? Do you want to become an insider? I really hope you do. The answer for you is found in the blood of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. He is the sacrifice. He's able to wash away your sin. He is the answer. Are you an insider, but haven't told the world on the outside? Then I praise God for saving you. But please speak to someone in church. And show us how you have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you an insider who needs to go out and find outsiders? I hope this word has refreshed you. I hope you go away knowing that Jesus is in the business of saving men, women, boys and girls. Go and rejoice like the eunuch, and preach like Philip but Jesus has and will continue to change the lives of men and women across the world. Let's pray just before we sing our final hymn. Father God, thank you that... You've made the path clear, that you've made a way for us to approach you, that you have sent your son to wash us clean. Thank you that you have given us this amazing symbol, this amazing picture of baptism. Thank you that it shows us that we've been changed, that you have washed us clean. Lord, we pray that you would... Help us as people who love you to go out and preach the word of God. Help us to love our neighbors well enough that we can't help but sing and praise you. Lord, we ask that you bless us now as we go out and speak to our friends, our colleagues, our neighbors, our families. We pray that we would honor you with our lips and we pray that you would help us to rejoice, help us to acknowledge that you are a God that saves sinners and you have made the foulest clean. Lord, we pray that you would help us, help us to continue the race, help us to continue running, help us to continue to praise and honour you. In Jesus' name, Amen.